0: Retro Rebel is brought to you by templeofgeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at templeofgeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics, Retro Rebel is released Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. My name is Stacey, and with me, as always, is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Merry, Merry Christmas, pre-Christmas, early Christmas. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's mid-December, so it's officially ho-ho-ho time.
0: That's right. That's right. And fight uh, of the time difference. We still uh, same 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 amount of days from Christmas. So, well, we have a lot to cover. I think we're gonna, this will be a two part episode. I'd like to kind of recap what we've done this year, but start like we always do. Just what are we playing? So, what have, what have you been up to?
1: So, I'm playing this game called Karen. It's by this group called Blast Theory, and it's an immersive mobile game that adapts to you and its goal is to build a psychological profile of you. It's supported by the Wales Arts Council uh, over here in the UK and it is a very, very unusual game. It's free to play on mobile. You can download it and give it a go. Apparently, the experience takes about 10 days to complete. You are introduced to a sort of self-help therapist kind of lady who asks you a bunch of questions and you become immersed in her life and learn about her past relationships and her roommate and all that sort of stuff. And it's very unusual. I can see how, and I won't spoil it, so I won't say how I've been playing it, although you can watch a few minutes of the first few sessions with Karen on our Instagram or YouTube uh, at Retro Rebel Podcast or at Temple of Geek because I did film, like screen record while playing it so that you can kind of see what it is. It is a live action, so it's actually like filmed, and all the outcomes that you choose are also filmed as well. So I imagine it's a pretty expansive project. And apparently, now I haven't completed the game, but apparently at the end, you get a psychological report. So it's gonna be very interesting to see. And there are a lot of elements that could be confronting or make you feel uncomfortable or like hit some touch points. So I recommend that you play it like alone as like a science experiment, sort of, and try to answer as honestly as possible. I was surprised with like how big of a prude I am even in private, like when it comes to video games and strangers. So that was interesting. But yeah, please do try, download, play it. It is very interesting if that's the sort of thing that you're into. How do you
0: yeah. how do you spell Karen, just for reasons?
1: Just K-A-R-E-N. So uh, Blast um, Theory is the company that makes it. Now, I'm not sure about the global restrictions, if it's available outside of the UK App Store. But yeah, I came across it on TikTok, and they were like, do you want to play a video game that builds a psychological profile of you and i was like yes (laughs) which i imagine a lot of people would be like no (laughs) but apparently it's confidential the results are like anonymized or whatever so it's an interesting thought experiment you also don't have to tell the truth i mean you could be as psychotic as you want and see what it comes out with but i'm trying to do a accurate playthrough to see what it says. So is um, it
0: Karen by Blast Theory? Is that yeah. Okay. Uh, interesting. I, I just saw, I was curious if it was localized or available outside of the UK. So apparently it is. It didn't get great reviews, but it only got 91 reviews. So I don't know if somebody got, I'll, I'll take, I'll do a little research on my own, but
1: uh I think it's a little confronting. I can see how some people might score it bad. And also, someone said something about like, one of the versions, like the Android version or whatever, not working very well. But that may have been its initial release. It's not a new game. It's been around for a while. I just found it. But it seems to work fine on Android. I've got, I play it on Android. I've not run into any issues. So, um, and she sends you text messages throughout the day when it's time for you to like play the next segment. Each segment takes like about five minutes to do. So it's fairly convenient to work into like a toilet break or something.
0: Right, right. Okay. I found it. I downloaded it. We'll, we'll, we'll report back. So, excellent.
1: We'll see. Let me know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, In good. The meantime,
1: what have you been playing?
0: Well um I uh, <laughs> so on uh, PlayStation play, I bought a PlayStation 5 in earlier this year and uh, really didn't even hook it up for months and then yeah. I finally hooked it up in November, which means that I am transitioning away from the PS4. It was an emotional day. I had to go and put that away. Yeah, So all the games I had on there and everything else, I haven't yet transferred over, but I've made the transition. One of the games that was released on PlayStation Plus or the the equivalent of of, uh, Game Pass was Disco Elysium, uh, the director's cut. What's funny is I went so I, I downloaded it. There was nothing else to play. Honestly, I had been playing Spider Man two and it's it's a it is a good game. It is not a great game. It is a good game. It's it is much more buggy the more I've played it. It's it's buggy. There are some quibbles I have with the UI that I don't like. Like I don't like when I upgrade a when I upgrade one of my suits, it automatically gets out of the menu and that's the suit you're wearing. Like I just wanted to upgrade this. I didn't want to switch it, and then have to go back to the one I. It's, it's a small <laughs> quibble, but it is a frustrating thing. Right. You know, you pick up a new, ar- you know, piece of armor, and I go to click on it just to view it, and then it's automatically equipped. I don't, I don't, I didn't want that. I just wanted to look at it. So <laughs>
1: I didn't want that stop.
0: <laughs> I didn't want that. Uh, and so, anyway, it there's some. It's buggy. Uh, there's some. The combat is is frustrating sometimes because you'll be uh, you'll be outnumbered which you you always are but the your timing and some of the other things that are necessary if you've got a game that's remotely buggy it just makes combat frustrating and so i've died a lot more than i did in the first game much earlier in the game um they give you other tools that you have to use or you won't (laughs) you won't survive um and so that I guess I just kind of hit a wall difficulty wise and it's it's not overly complicated or difficult it's just it's a it's a change to the combat that is it's not as interesting to me and so I didn't necessarily uh it didn't hook me um and because it's so repetitive uh you know I'm I was like ah I'll move on to something else that's a little bit more um my speed or stimulating or something that, you know, I'll come back to it. It's fun. It's kind of mindless. I like to swing around the city. My five-year-old daughter loves to swing around the city. And so uh, we, she wants to play the Spider-Man game every now and then. So that's probably what it's been relegated to. I have no desire to finish it. Oh, no. But uh, Disco Elysium came out. And and the f- interesting thing about that game is that you really have to be plugged in and like desire to play a game like this. There's a lot of reading. There's a lot of voice acting too. And the voice acting is great. But the first time I played this about three years ago, uh, when, when you got tired of me even uh, mentioning it, because I literally
1: when you said it again, I was like, not again, we have a
0: visceral response. Um, <laughs> I did not get very far. Like, I don't even think I got to the third day uh, in the game. And I like, that's as far as I, I thought the game ends about that point. This time I've gotten so much farther. Like I'm in the fourth or fifth day. Um, I've progressed the story to a point where it's actually really interesting. And what's happening? It's it's such a uh, it's such a um, a, a not a, an experiment's the wrong word. It is a. Um, It's an existential philosophical journey into the mind of sort of a madman cop who's who, depending on how you play him, has either lost his mind or is trying to find it and be a better person, Uh, you know, because just as a quick rundown, the character you play as you wake up from a hangover and you have amnesia like you can't remember anything you don't know what kind of cop you were you don't know anything about it and if you build
1: yeah
0: (laughs) well if you build your character wrong you can die trying to remove your ceiling the your your necktie from the ceiling fan you can you can die just from that and so um so it's just uh it's 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 a it's a good game that i had uh that i had i guess i underestimated it to a point um because i I got, I got stuck because I did a poor job creating my character. So this time I picked a stock character. They have three stock characters. I picked a stock character that kind of fit the way that I generally play these games, more of a thinker, analyzer, things like that. Um, but the wildest part of this game is it wants you to fail. It wants you to fail some of the checks because that's you advance the story that way as well, where uh, by failing, it, it opens up some of these some of the choices that you would have never gotten otherwise, and it's so different uh, from other games that you play, where you really want to max, min, max your character to where you win, like you you get these chicks. And this game is not that way at all. Uh, your the the armor, or so to speak, or your equipment that you put on is just clothes that you find laying around, and, and the way they're described, like is. You're wearing bums clothes a lot of times. Nice. And each one of those clothes does affect your statistics, your, you know, your, your character stats, but it's usually a give and take. You'll get this, but you lose this. And it opens up dialogue options with the characters that you, that you meet. It's very philosophical. And so, uh, but just a, it's a fascinating game. And the deeper you get into the story, the more interesting it is. So it's, it's definitely a, it's sort of a point and click adventure game in that respect because, uh, there's not any combat per se. You do combat things, uh, but it's mostly figuring out puzzles, dialogue options, uh, taking your character the way he's built and playing it that way, but also kind of venturing outside the box and, uh, taking the road less traveled a lot. So it's, it's been a completely different experience this time. I've really enjoyed it. And because of my ADHD, I am actually just ADD so I'm not hyperactive, but I got completely focused, and now I can't get this game off my mind
1: until oh, I finish yeah. it.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna have to finish it. So next year, whenever we we meet again, and, and I've got it, I've got this game finished. I can I can recap, and then we can put it to bed. Very happy. Don't ever have to talk you about know, it again. It up
1: again in 2025. Like, Remember that game, Disco elysian you know? Hey,
0: if it's slow, then it, eh, you never. I, you know, if it's <laughs> slow, I'm picking up Baldur's Gate three again. Guess,
1: so. excellent. All right, cool. Well, speaking of a slow news day, we're the opposite of that. So uh, I know that you've been bookmarking news stories for the last like few days or so. Um, I've got some. I'll just, I've tried to, well, I've tried to make a sandwich, but I've not achieved it. So I, I have a mix of positive and negative stories. The first one, which I suppose could be positive or negative depending on who you are and how you look at it, is that Xbox has launched a MasterCard. I think that that is batshit crazy, but – uh, I can see how some people who are huge fans of the brand and just want to shout about it or perhaps work for the company or whatever may want to take advantage of the MasterCard. Now, I learned a long time ago not to get myself into credit card debt, so I don't maintain a rolling balance, uh, but I know that a lot of people live their lives like that, so the idea that Xbox is getting involved in banking, I don't know, sort of freaks me out, Um A lot of stores have cards. I'm pretty sure that every store has a credit card in America. Not so much over here in the UK because it's less common. Um, But it is weird that a video game tycoon is now getting into the fray. So um, that's a story that I didn't want to let slip by because they want all of the money all of the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And why not print your own money with a credit card, you know?
1: If you, can, exactly.
0: if you can't get it any other way um, that's not ominous at all um, well that 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 dovetails really nicely with the story uh, that I shared with you um, a week or so ago about the uh, rock star and the CEO of take 2 going out on a limb and saying you know with the release of of a uh, grand Theft Auto 6 that games should be, theoretically price per hour of gameplay and uh, which is obviously not it. Well, I say, obviously, I don't know how obvious it is anymore, but that's not the route they're taking at this time, but that's the direction. I think a lot of these CEOs uh, look at gaming is that we're providing this experience and, and Grand Theft Auto five, you know, just for those that are tracking or didn't play it, if you did play it, then you realize that that game has been popular with millions of users for a decade. So, like, people have been playing that game for a very long time. They're still playing it, as far as I know. The yeah. the the uh, multiplayer portion of that game is what carried it that long, and all True. the DLC and all the real money that people could spend in game for for fake money to do things in the game. And it's, I mean, it's fascinating. It's like the Sims on steroids and meth. Like, you can do whatever you want. Buy nuclear bombs. You could do like whatever. It's it's. Um, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. It's just not been my, my cup of tea per se. And uh, like, I like the, I like the game and the, and the campaign portion of it, but you know, I've just never really been a big online multiplayer player. It's just not the type of gaming I do. Not a knock on anybody that does, just not for me. Yeah. But the fact that, that I think some of these CEOs are trying to parlay that sort of approach to gaming to how can I maximize the amount of money I can get from these people who play that much is gross. And I just, I hate the direction it's going because it's right up there with trying to eliminate, um, physical media and, uh, be, have their kind of fingers in all the pies in terms of always online connectivity and being able to patch things and sell games that aren't even complete. It's all in the same bucket to me.
1: Well, then you should probably be delighted to see the news story that dropped just seven hours ago that Naughty Dog is not going to release an online multiplayer version of The Last of Us. They've decided as a business they are not taking the live service model direction, and they're going to focus on single-player experiences going forward. And I think that's good. For them as a company, Like it totally makes sense. Now, some right. companies make awesome multiplayer experiences. I think Blizzard is one of them that consistently delivers decent or excellent right. Um, multiplayer experiences sort of ranging from Diablo 4 at the dead bottom or Diablo Immortal, perhaps even worse than that. Yeah, uh, up to World Warcraft, which is one of the most popular video games of all time. Uh right. so I think that's probably pretty good. And also the the other sort of intangent news story that Sony's gonna do less live services full stop. Um They announced this sort of via Forbes. They're going to cut their PlayStation live service calendar in half. Um, They had sort of told us in, you know, last year that 60% of their budget was going to be for live service games. And now they've decided to review it and they are going to um, have less, than the six titles they originally had planned. Um, There were supposed to be 12 uh, by 2025, and they're not going to do – well, financial year 2025, which is 2026 calendar year because they use that weird financial year. But um, I think that it's good that they realize that things like Destiny 2 or whatever just – Are not keeping players as entertained as they would in the past because live service models are still competing for the same number of physical hours per day from gamers. And when you offer a superior single player experience like Baldur's Gate did, then you just aren't playing the live service games. There is to this To my knowledge, at least as an adult who doesn't suffer from any gaming-related OCD, although I have OCD, it isn't targeted that direction, uh, there is nothing about the live service model, the daily check-ins, the weekly blah-blahs, the whatever, that would make me put down a compelling single-player experience in favor of checking in on my multiplayer experience aside from needing to meet up with people to do things. There was a while that I was playing Warzone, and, you know, we would play at a specific time and it would be to play with people, um, nothing about their model or checking in or doing whatever ever mattered enough to me that if a better game didn't come by with a single player experience, I would drop it in a heartbeat. So, yeah. um, I think it's a good move from Sony and from naughty dog. I think it makes sense. um, to move away from the live service model. And I think these are all good news stories.
0: I, I, I agree. I, I don't know that we got to the answer the right way, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know that PlayStation had a had a moral compass that led them to this point. Or Probably if it not. was, hey, finances, uh, this is going to be a bad investment right now. Let's shelve it maybe for the future. Either way, it, I agree. It is in the best interest of consumers. To do it this way, not to to continue to gatekeep content behind a paywall when that is not how this process has worked in the past, uh, where you would actually purchase a game that was completed upon purchase uh, and you get all the content. And again, we've we've beaten that dead horse a number of times. Uh, I think we both are in agreement that uh, DLC is fine. Um, You know what they just released for uh, for God of War. They released the DLC that's effectively free, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if you bought the game, you uh, I think you, I believe you get the DLC for free. Uh, and it sort of wraps up a lot of loose ends and things so they can move on to a different pantheon of gods for him to kill. But basically go back and look at uh, his history pretty, through yeah. Greece and all of the gods and all of the events that have happened over the previous three games. Um And uh, and to me, that's just that's fantastic. That's exactly how it should be done. And it's done so well in a single player format that millions of people are going and playing, returning to the game to because there is a lot of stuff you can do that is uh, new game plus stuff that like once you finish the game, you don't start over. You can continue in the game as it is and go revisit all the worlds that you didn't get those things. You know, uh, get the get the items or finish your collectathon, whatever it is that you didn't shore up. You know, you can continue and do all that stuff. So, I think that stuff's fantastic. I've wanted to go back and revisit the game, just hadn't had time. But it's and now it, you got the it,
1: perfect excuse.
0: Well, it is. It's a perfect excuse to go back. And I've seen some uh, YouTube videos on it, on on some of the content, but I didn't want to spoil it for myself. So uh, I am actually looking forward to going back and revisiting that game, especially in downtime or when there aren't any uh, you know new releases I'm really interested in playing. But that's good news nonetheless. It's good news. Um, I started to play – and I, I don't have another uh, news story pers- – I do. Uh, the, the company – and let me find the name. I apologize. I had it up. The name of the company uh, is – No, it's the company that was started, Byte Dance. Right. Uh, publisher Newverse is the publisher for Marvel Snap. And uh, I played Marvel Snap for a good six or eight months. Really enjoyed the game at first uh, and still still sort of enjoy it. But here's the problem with the way their release schedule. Every single month they would start over uh, with a new meta. Right. And when you get a new meta, that means that you've got to buy the new game pass. So every month you had to buy a game pass. And with that game pass, you didn't have to. But if you didn't have the new game pass, your progression is so slow that you're not going to get the new cards in time before the next one comes out. If you have a job or a family or a significant other or you want to eat or any of these things that are necessary you know, for you to progress in life, actual life. Uh, it makes it difficult for you to get through that unless you bought the Game Pass. And it, the Game Pass is about 14 bucks or something like that. And they give you enough perks that it seems worth it. But you're almost buying a new game every month that just to compete. And there's no guarantee that you're going to even get to the level. In fact, they've made it to the point where it's like if you're not playing all the time and really, really good and already have most of the cards in the meta, there's no way for you to uh to really compete at the highest level, you're going to be kind of stuck there in the middle. Same thing sort of happened in, in Hearthstone as well. The difference was is if I wanted to concentrate on a class, I could I could destroy all the cards from any other class that I didn't necessarily want. And I'd get enough dust that I could create the meta that I needed for that class. At least for a little while, it would work and I could earn enough to potentially get more cards and that I could create more dust, so on and so forth. You don't really have that option in Marvel Snap. So anyway, the in this particular story, Newverse was um, reportedly laying off masks, which is sort of this is the time period where in the gaming industry, a lot of people are being laid off. Uh, unfortunately, slow time, uh, they'll lay them off, then rehire them in the spring or rehire other individuals so they don't have to pay health insurance and a number of the other issues that that has plagued the industry to begin with. But it wasn't necessarily a, a good sign, uh, but it's also not necessarily um, a, an omen of doom for that company. Marvel Snap's still functioning. It's still going. It's free to play, although it is not free. Uh, I will tell you that much. Uh, if you play it for any length of time, I just I challenge a person not to spend any money and actually enjoy the game. Um so I have shelved it for now. I don't anticipate revisiting it. It was fun while it lasted. Um but much like Hearthstone, those two are sort of shelved for me. Too right. much too much in terms of um keeping up with the meta going
1: on, yeah. Yeah. Now I get that. Um, Well, I guess the last news story that I have, and I think it's something that everybody has been talking about for a long time, and we just have definitive proof, is that PlayStation is going to delete discovery shows that people have purchased on their PlayStation devices because you don't actually own any digital stuff that you buy, and we all sort of knew it. but it's just proof. So if you would download Mythbusters or The Deadliest Catch or anything else on Discovery um, and you would actually purchased those items, uh, sorry,
0: uh, we you.
1: Fund. you are not getting any part of your money back as far as – that they've been reported and you will just not access those things. So if you want them, you need to go buy them in physical media again, some other way. Uh, Um, And and that's the thing. If, If you want something in perpetuity, don't buy it digitally. I think it's been very, very, made very, very clear. Now, if you're someone like me and you only play things once and you don't care, then that's fine. But uh, if you're a collector like yourself or Daniel or, you know, any of the other people that run Temple of Geek and have participated with us over the years, then it, it probably is the death knell we all saw coming.
0: If um, you want to revisit it ever,
1: like,
0: <laughs> just if you if you want control over your ability to access that yeah. uh, in perpetuity, that's the only way to guarantee it.
1: Exactly. And that means don't buy digital only consoles. Do you know, like if if that is what you value is the ability to replay things and go back and revisit them, then digital is just not the method for you. Uh, publishers have made it very clear that you don't own anything that is distributed di- digitally. So.
0: No. And, and you know, we've said it for years. And, um, and 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 to your credit, you have generally been on that side of because you don't. Revisit these games often that to you that serves its purpose and I absolutely see both sides of it as long as there is a physical version available where I see the where I see it becoming nefarious is when you force it to be digitally exclusive exclusively digital platform, then you never own anything the. The uh, the companies own all of the information they own. They, that's their property, and they can shut off your access to it at any point. And then, like they're doing right now, potentially even delete your access to yeah. it at some point when they decide to shut. It's not just shutting the servers down. Yeah, I bought this game. It's a single player, but I no longer can access it at all. Um, I think just superficially from the standpoint of something I purchased that should be mine you know, I should be able to access it. Uh, that I think that's uh, that's bad for business on the consumer end. Obviously, it's only a net positive for, you know, for the, the, uh, yeah, it
1: means that they can, you know, stop hosting, stop manufacturing things like after a while, I would say, however, that even if you have a physical game with a physical disc, if it's a live, if it has a live service component in order to run, you also don't own it as evidenced by the fact that, you know, city of heroes and city of villains doesn't exist anymore. And the matrix MMO doesn't exist anymore. I mean, fans have resurrected it, but I mean, the official version with official releases, just the servers are down, you know, and with any live service game even if i had a physical disc of city of heroes in my house it yeah. is a paperweight do right. you know like so um i think I think 2023 has really made it clear that if you want replayability, then live service games and digital downloads just are not where you want to invest your money. And if you don't care about that, just accept that you're paying more for less product because uh, all the digital things that I buy are the same price as the physical version that you buy. And yet there's an expiration date on a lot of the stuff that I purchase. Let's just
0: assume there's an expiration date on all of it. If it's digital, <laughs> there's an expiration date on it, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I think you that summed it up very well. I mean, you could that could be the tagline for this,
1: you know. <laughs> uh-huh. way. Well, if we weren't gonna jump into the awards, which it's been a lean year, so it won't take as long as it usually does for That's us true. to get through our awards.
0: That's true. But that is a that is as decent a segue as it can get to um, this this uh, our award show. Now, generally speaking, whenever we do awards, we don't we don't always have your your uh, game of the year uh, or your game awards categories. You know, we sort of have made our own, or we don't often even have the same categories. Uh, <laughs> because I know for me this year, I've got two or three categories that. I don't think that you'll have necessarily, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I think I only have, I really only have, I have five, four awards really. And then one more sort of category that I wanted to talk about, um, which is a game games. I wish I played this year that I didn't get to Um, (laughs) it'll be for next year though. So uh, why don't we start like go back and forth and leave our game of the year for the last, if that sounds good to you.
1: Sounds fine, although I imagine we might have the same one.
0: (laughs) We may. We we very well might. Um, But uh, so in no particular order, I've got my game of the year, my most disappointing. I have (laughs) best game within a game.
1: Okay, love it. And then
0: most surprising.
1: All right, love it. I have... uh, Best overall, most amazing campaign, highest stakes, uh, unique art design, and I like immersive.
0: I like it. Okay, okay. Do you have the one? You want to go first?
1: Uh, sure. So we'll start with the immersive one. This is a game that I just spent. Quite a few hours just puttering around in, having a good time, doing what I wanted to do. Uh, I really did think that I was some sort of Norse warlord for a while, and that was Valheim. It's not a new game; I played it this year because it came out onto Xbox Game Pass this year. Um, But it's just vibes. It's sort of low death, but if you like the survive, build a society sort of thing, you know, there was quests. They were fairly interesting. There were things to collect and limited bag space and all that sort of stuff. And I ended up with a bunch of broken equipment and being chased around by a very high level thing naked and in the rain. Those are vibes like that's that's what you want. So for best immersive experience, uh, I'm choosing Volheim.
0: Very good. I game I hadn't heard of, but it sounds interesting enough that I might put it on my radar now. Um, I'm going to go with uh, best game within a game.
1: Okay. Love uh,
0: it. Best game within a game, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is okay. uh, my best game within a game. So, I got this game. My wife bought it for me when I was—I uh, think I had—I had had a a procedure done, and so I was kind of, sort of down for a few days. And my my wife bought this for me, and uh, I, I played it. And it was a game that was sort of on my radar, but uh, Breath of the Wild was and. A complete. It was sort of a departure from what Zelda had been in the past, and I think it was welcomed in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, for me, there was there was a tediacy to what uh, some of the the management, resource management, like your your weapons broke so easily, uh, not being able to climb for very long, especially early in game, made access to certain areas difficult. Uh, but the game within a game in Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, you could probably not touch the. This, the main story, the camp, the campaign of this game, uh, for thirty hours, maybe hundred hours, and all you did was use the the building component, the the Lincoln Log uh, Lego building component, where you piece together all these things. You can make a boat, you can make a helicopter, you can make an airboat. You can. <laughs> there's just so many things you can do, and then just zoom around the little the the high the islands above
1: is is that the game that has the sound effect that's like 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 a little whistle i think oh my gosh my partner has been playing that well he was playing that like crazy and so like till two in the morning like like stop making the whistle yeah yeah there's
0: nothing there's nothing you can do about it short of turning off the sound but yeah there's (laughs) but there's so much to do And, and that part of it's also sort of frustrating um and, and uh, but that's but that's neither here nor there really it's there was some fun stuff to to that component but it got old to me after a while and I didn't under, I didn't appreciate or enjoy the story enough. I know a lot of people were to me the seven out of 10 score is not indicative of what's in the game per se as much as there may be too much to do like there's there's no direction in a in a significant portion of the game. Like, you can go attack any of this stuff in any order you want to, or you can just stay here and build for the next 20 hours. And that's all you do. And that'd be that. You know, it's like there's nothing pointing you to go to this next spot necessarily. Uh, you sort of just stumble upon it. And I'm sure it gets a little bit more focused as you get into the game. I mean, it's a huge game uh, with basically three worlds you have the sky portion, you have the ground level, and then you have underground. And so all of these are like their own fleshed-out areas that have their own pros, cons, weaknesses, strengths, and stuff. And so um, it's a very – it's a long – if you needed something to fill the time, this is one for you. Um, But it does have this building component that was a lot of fun within the game. And if that's all you really ever did, I think you would have gotten probably your money's (laughs) worth just Uh, from all the different things that you could build. So,
1: I love it. That's great. Game within a game. Game within a game. Well, my – next award is like unique art design so uh i mean it isn't the only game that i could think of that sort of looks like this but atomic heart for me was such an interesting fusion of like soviet brutalism and uh 1950s, like, post-war optimism in terms of art design that I just found it really spectacular to look at. I didn't play a lot of it. It was actually really, really slow to get going. I think the intro, like, cutscene environment part is, like, 30-odd minutes long. There's a part where you're in a vehicle being flown around that I'm certain is, like, seven minutes. And uh, But they love their game design. They want to show it off, and it really is quite spectacular. So if you want a pretty-looking game with semi-functional mechanics otherwise um and a fairly interesting story then i would recommend atomic Heart. it is a on strong TV. b yeah strong b
0: <laughs> a strong b okay um for, for me the next game and, and I've, i'm gonna caveat this one as well most surprising but uh, my caveat is is this is a game that i think based on what i'm going to tell you in the premise is a must play. If that's something you're interested in, I think this is a must play that you really, you absolutely should give it a try. Um, And that's Hogwarts Legacy. Um, I anticipated it was going to be enjoyable. I I enjoy and appreciate, and I've read the book. I love the books, uh, the Harry Potter books. And that particular, that world is interesting to me. Enough so that I have seen all of the prequel movies as well, just out of sheer uh, fandom not because they yeah. were good per se. Uh like the uh, I still talk about how uh, Fantas- fantastic beasts and where to find them. Uh I've got like a a phobia of just the Chinese dragon that's in that. I just it's the only it just right? terrifies Okay. Me. Um but uh like if that was a real thing, get out of I know. No. It's a nope. No. But um but anyway, that that particular game is so the world is immersive. It's it's um, it is a well done, well designed game that has a has a uh, an interface. The UI in that game is is very uh, user friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a fan of Harry Potter, it is absolutely uh, a must play, um, just because it, it fleshes out some of the history. Uh, the The castle, Hogwarts Castle, is so well designed and re and realized that, uh, I mean, you you just, you feel immersed in that world. And so uh, from the magic that you can learn, uh, the, I mean, you can, you can pretty much run the gamut of good and bad. You can, you sort of have choices as to be good or bad. You get to learn a lot more of the background of the different houses um, and sort of the origin of those houses and things like that. Um, artifacts that part of the history, a lot of the, the uh, fantastic beasts, And, uh, plants that are in that, like everything can kill you. So, Mm. uh, you know, it's like the most dangerous school in the history of the world of any world, uh, everything in it, including most of your classes, whether you mess up on a potion or you, uh, you know, it can blow up in your face. All the animals you're raising for the most part could kill you one way or another. Uh, the plants are poisonous or will eat you or will, you know, or whatever. And so there's just a lot, there's a lot to the game, a lot of depth, um, And uh, it's 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 not it's not one of those games that just feels like it's filling the time and giving you a lot of busy stuff to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. The side quests are interesting, though. The world is fairly large. You can tell that there is areas that are set up for expansions that they just haven't designed yet. Uh, And I think that they've recently come out with one of those. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to play it. But I was thoroughly surprised uh, by how good this particular game was. Um, I enjoyed it. I finished it, uh, and I actually have considered going back. And if, if they continue to support it, I absolutely will. So
1: amazing! Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, if you want to play Hogwarts Legacy, but you don't want to support the author and ensure that she gets no royalties, you could buy a used copy.
0: That's true. That's true. And okay. I think it, maybe even on Game Pass. I don't know if it is now, but
1: uh, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Um, Okay, let's see here. So my next award is for the highest stakes. And it was a game that I played that at points actually made me feel legitimately stressed out, like where time really is running out and you just feel panic. (laughs) Um, And that was Citizen Sleeper. So it is a sort of text-based visual game it's not like action really it's like a comic book pretty much a choose your own adventure as it were and you're in the space station and lots of people racist against you for whatever reason and you're trying to complete these missions and build relationships with people and help people and um you know establish yourself and look after your own basic needs sort of all at the same time while you're being hunted um, it's very cool. I actually did feel stressed out like the time was real and it was really ticking down. Uh, I did not complete it. I played it for a um, video game review that I attended uh, but I got like I don't know six or seven hours into it and it was it was pretty interesting. I did two playthroughs because the first one I totally screwed up and I didn't know what I was doing. The second one was slightly more successful, although not that much so. Uh, It's interesting. It's like a dice rolling, dice assignment game, like within it, in order to achieve it. Very unusual. I recommend you pick it up. Uh, It is not a new game per se, but it was new to me. I played it this year for the first time ever, and it is on my list of the best games.
0: Absolutely. Citizen Sleeper?
1: Yeah, Citizen Sleeper.
0: Okay. I... uh... I put it down. That and Atomic Heart, I both are, I'm going to go take a look at. Um, so my next, my next category, I think I'm going to go with really my only um, negative uh, category. And that is most disappointing.
1: Right.
0: Uh, my most disappointing game of this year is Diablo 4. Oh.
1: Um,
0: my reasoning, Diablo 4 is a beautiful game. Um I thought that the premise of it is fine. I really have never played it because the story was riveting. Never. That's not the reason I played Diablo. You like dungeon crawlers. You like to, uh, you know, uh, it's not, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a looter, uh, you know, a a dungeon game where, and and a dungeon crawling looting looting game where um, the action is the point. You know, it's like you build your character and the action is the point. What I found in the game is that there are certain classes that are, I believe, exponentially more difficult to play based on your build. Um, and so it's not necessarily a game where it's I feel like it's broken and unbalanced in that respect. Yeah. So you you have a you would have to min max a character to be where you need to be. and And some of the monotony, some of the some of them uh, mechanics is not necessarily the right word but the the direction that some, that the game forces you in to uh, to advance uh, in terms of loot like getting the best loot or or whatever it's it's so repetitive and monotonous and I hadn't, I hadn't even gotten to the point where I finished the game and now I've just got to go do the mythics or, you know, the high level dungeons and things like that to continue to upgrade my gear. Um, I didn't even get to that point. I got to the point where there were some bosses I literally couldn't beat because Mm -hmm. of the build that I had and, and poison damage is so overpowered. And especially from a boss. And if you didn't, build your character to be resistant to that to the point that it actually matters because what's 3% resistance. What does that matter? It's like the math that I need to be able to, the degree I needed, I didn't get. So, uh, to really understand the mechanics. And so, uh, I, I put it down. It, it wasn't, it wasn't made for me. Diablo three. Absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed Diablo three. Um, I had a demon hunter that was as much fun to play as anything I've ever played in that series. I built a druid this time because they didn't really have the character that I wanted to build.
1: Yeah.
0: And and uh, and I liked the, the options that I had. They just weren't useful to solo. Yeah. And I'm not somebody who needs a whole – I don't want to have to find other people to play Diablo so I can freaking play it. Yeah. I wanted to be able to play it. I think
1: it. the druids become tanks later on, though. I think maybe it's just early game. It was it early game,
0: horrible. and if you didn't build it to for damage purposes, like if you, I was a bear yeah. at first, and the bear is great on one indiv- – like if I'm just doing damage on, on one enemy, is fine. Single target. But being able to do AOE stuff, if they're not directly in my swipe – uh, I just took a lot of damage and so it just it wasn't as much fun to me I know a lot of people are still having fun with it yeah. um, it there were some other things that they did later that the game designers did that made me feel that they were being a little disingenuous with the what's in the best interest of the gamer and what's in the best interest of you having to stay plugged in all the time and yeah. always playing the game always upgrading things and to me I've got a job and that yeah. I actually
1: like <laughs> I don't need you know another that. job
0: that I don't like
1: you yeah know? That's so Um, funny. I I think your perspective that the build influences how much you enjoy the game is really accurate because Diablo 4 is on my list for the best campaign. Um, so I made a bone boy right out of the start. I had no problems. I didn't realize that I was making the best possible character that you could make, but <laughs> it just, that's what appealed to me. And me and the bone boys absolutely smash murdered everything. No question. Like, I think I only really died twice the entire campaign up to yeah. level 50, like... No no issue, no problems. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I was able to focus on the campaign and the story and the cutscenes, and I really empathized with Lilic. I was actually on her side. I was like, yeah, you've been done wrong. Well, let's let's go, sister. You know, yeah. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to be on her team. Um and I thought when they, did the, when they did the season that the tiny amount of extra content that you got there from a story perspective was interesting and compelling. Uh, but that's it. The after 50 grind, the extra stuff in the season, the malignant hearts in general, all that stuff was crap. It was really boring, um, and that's when I put it down. But uh, it does have a place, at least for me, for a really dope campaign and a really hot demon lady. So
0: <laughs> I don't argue with any of that stuff. I, I think that the difficulty spike, and I think ultimately that's what got me, was I would be doing so well against the mobs in the world, and everything up to the boss. And then the difficulty spike in and the boss and everything else that I had seen up to that point was so severe. It was so drastically increased that I'm like, "What am I doing wrong?" Like I, under- yeah. I know how to play this game, but this spike is—it just didn't seem. It didn't jihad with everything else that I had just mm-hmm. experienced. I, I
1: made a rogue, and I felt that whenever I tried to like clear the little zones, the little fortresses, yeah. I just got my my butt whooped every time. So yeah, no, yeah. It, the it, build really really matters. So uh, what's your what's your next one?
0: Well, um, I think I've got one more, and then the game of the year, if that works for you. So
1: well, that I've got no more, and then my game of the year. Okay, so. well
0: then um, let's just do game of the year, and then I'll list my last little category because it, it's not a game I played. So okay, yeah,
1: great. Right. Um, uh, okay, so for me, my best overall game of the year, which literally won pretty much every game of the year award that there was to win is, of course, Baldur's Gate 3. It's dope. I completed the entire playthrough. I started the second playthrough, and then my partner took the controller and he never gave it back again. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I played it on PS5. It functions great as someone who is a dungeon master who plays D&D every single week and has for years. Like, it's absolutely killer. In fact, it's made me better at playing proper tabletop because I understand some of the mechanics and how they could function a little bit better than maybe I did just thinking about it in my head. So, um, yeah, absolutely killer. That's my game of the year.
0: I would, I would, I, well, I, I agree. Um, I put as a consolation because I have never had a game of the year or we've never done an award show where I didn't have a caveat where it's like, I need to also mention this game.
1: Yeah. This is what you do.
0: I do. Absolutely. 100 every time. Um, (laughs) uh Jedi uh Star Wars Jedi Survivor um right. is a is is my um is is my consolation prize winner uh in that it was a great game uh it it built on what was done with Outcast and uh and and just improved upon that in every way it is definitely a must to me it's a must play game if you are a fan of those things if you even sort of like uh the 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 dark souls idea in a star wars universe that I, i'm not a big fan of dark souls i've played it i play i own Elden ring and i've played it um it just is not my cup of tea either but this is it's star wars it's not quite as difficult as some of those games but the same idea is it's fair uh most of the time it's fair And uh, you just have to figure out the the boss mechanics of each individual you're fighting. Then it's up to you and your timing to be right, you know. Um, But it was a great game and I finished it. But my game of the year also is Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, It is is one of the best games I've ever played in my life. I will absolutely go back and revisit it, build different characters, go in different directions, different parties. Um, I pretty much stuck with the same party the whole time. Uh, once I got to a certain point and I had these characters, the only time it changed is when I accidentally, I made a choice that, that pitted us, my party against Shadowheart and I had right. to kill her and I yeah, killed her by, I teep, well, I teep kicked her off of the stage uh-huh. in, in uh, where she went into a cavern and she was gone. So like, there was no way to even get her body. Um, she was gone. Oh well, and yeah, it'd be like that, and so
1: it'd be like that.
0: It'd be like that. Uh, so Jahira, I had to pick up and add to my party. I'm very happy with the way everything went up until my love interest was Carlac, and so I saved her by making her a mind flare. Um, yeah, I know, but this is before they did anything. This is before they did anything. Well. Don't feel bad.
1: I I was like, oh, a guardian. Great. I'll make him look like my boyfriend. I'll romance my guardian. That's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) No one has had bigger regrets than me. Hey, So
0: so in a way you (laughs) did the same thing, just didn't know it. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, the uh, spoiler alert. So but now that they've changed, uh, now that they've changed some of they've added patches, That make the epilogues better. I think there's even a way that you can save Carlac If you make the right choices throughout the story, there's a way that you can save her now where I didn't have to do that. So I wish I could go back because I actually haven't finished the game. I'm at the very last fight. Right. And I and because of the way that my party is created and uh, I just I'm having a harder time finishing I'm
1: shifting a theme
0: here uh, well it's because i play the game i want to and i don't know what the best you know what the best characteristics yeah. i'm learning to be
1: fair, I, I already knew what the best is going into Baldur's Gate. i made it day one right out the gate right <laughs> well i started with
0: a ranger and that just didn't work for me no, it just God, was no. it was it was really weak
1: it's but, not that
0: no it wasn't that um then i went with a paladin and that made it much easier Um, but then I broke my oath like four times on accident because I was trying to do what's right in the situation, you know, but the problem with the paladin is it doesn't matter. You have to stick to the task. This is your oath, whether it's the right thing in this situation or not. That's life. Well, that's a paladin for sure. You know, and so, um, Anyway, it, it's absolutely um, – it's one of the best games I've ever played. Definitely a must-play for anybody that likes uh, role-playing. If you're a fan of Dungeons & Dragons, absolutely need to play it. So, brain, brain, brain. my the, the game I wish I played, though, is Sea of Stars. Uh, sea of Stars is a game that came out this year that's akin to the throwback RPGs like uh, Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, um, so it's a it's a throwback sort of uh, two and a half d um, role-playing game and and from what I've heard the story is is really solid um uh, it's a it's like a really it's a it's a throwback to that genre from the 90s with with i think some improvements quality of life improvements that made those games a little bit uh tedious and slow this is this is sort of geared towards a uh contemporary crowd that does enjoy those games but maybe doesn't have necessarily I, I imagine it's still a long game and an involved game but a good story uh, and and improvements where it's necessary so uh definitely report back again with sea of stars when i've had a chance to to play it but it is a game i wish i'd gotten to this year so right
1: okay Sounds yeah. sounds comprehensive. I think we've nailed it. Absolutely. We're going to need a second part to talk about what we're excited for next year, but I think we've nailed this one.
0: That's right. So we'll close this one and then uh, be sure to check in for part two. So that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All of the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templatepeak.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or message us on Facebook or Instagram at retro rebel podcast. And please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and rate us because that really helps our show until the next time.
1: See you later.